Welcome to the Surefire Way to Wealth podcast with your hosts, Carl Schnitzer and Joe McCabe. Over the past 200 years, 90% of millionaires have made their wealth through one proven method. Real estate. Real estate. Joe and Carl have built a multi-million dollar real estate investment portfolio in one year. And they truly believe that real estate is the number one way to wealth accumulation. Their mission is to educate their audience through the experience and knowledge of their guests. To advance you in your real estate investing journey. Sit back, take notes, and enjoy the episode. This is the Surefire Way to Wealth Podcast. Hey, everybody. We're here with uh, Gino Barbaro. He's uh, an investor, uh, business owner, author, and entrepreneur. Um, he's grown his real estate portfolio to over 1,100 multifamily units, uh, something in Carl and I can't wait to do. I think we shoot those texts back and forth all the time. <laughs> if we only made $50 at 1,100 units. Um, he, uh, he's also an educator, a father. Um, and, uh, you know, he's got some great content on his website you should check out, jakeandgino.com. Uh, but we're going to talk today a little bit about his background, where he came from, um, and how he got into real estate. So, hey, Gino. Guys, how are we doing? Great. Doing, well. doing great. Um, so, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about how you got started in real estate, where you came from, and, and um, yeah, we'll go from there. Uh, this could be an hour introduction because I'm a little bit older than you. Uh, I've got six children right now. We homeschool our kids ages 19 to four. One of the most things I'm most proud of. So real estate is secondary. I think family life to me is, is primary. That being said, I work a tremendous amount of hours, just like anybody else who wants to be successful. There's no such thing as the four-hour work week. That's a myth. Um, first thing is you need to work hard. Uh, second thing is you need to work smart. And then third thing is you need to work with passion. I think if you can do all three of those, I think you're going to have a great life. I started out in 1994, a long time ago, got out of college and uh, opened up a restaurant with my family. I uh, did it for 20 years. I hated it. Uh, back in 2008, 2009, it was, it was the recession. Did not like it. Um, looked for something different. I looked into real estate, but I didn't want single family homes. I didn't want a job. I wanted to create some type of income on the side, what we call today a side hustle what we called years ago, another job. Um, so I, that's what I was looking for in real estate. And um, fortunately, I met my partner, Jake. He was a pharmaceutical rep at our restaurant and he was moving down to Knoxville, Tennessee. So I said, perfect, let's get down there. I mean, let's start looking at deals. We bought our first deal in February of 2013 and Jake and I did the opposite of what everyone else does. We started buying our own deals internally. We weren't syndicating. Uh, we bought our first thousand units together um, from February of 2013 till um, November of last year, uh, refining rolling. We've refinanced over $9 million of our deals, put money back in. So the first thousand units are ours. Um, in November, we did our first syndication, 132 units. And in, in February of this year, we closed on 243 units syndicated. So we're at almost 1,500 units. So um, a lot of work went into that, a lot of coaching became a certified life coach in the process, learned about myself, learned about why real estate, learned about the different skill sets you need. And I think one of the myths that people think of in real estate is when they get into multifamilies, I don't have enough money, I don't have an experience, I just need to buy my own deals. There's so many different ways to get into real estate and multifamily, whether you're syndicating the deal, whether you're raising the equity, whether you're gonna do day to day, whether you're gonna underwrite the deal, whether you're gonna find the deal, there's so many different ways of getting into it. Wish I had known that sooner, but you know what? I wasn't ready for it at the time. So uh, 
multifamily is awesome. It's just where you, you have to be nowadays because single family homes, people aren't buying them. I mean, there's less people buying single family homes right now. Millennials are smart enough to know that it's a cash cow. It's not an investment. You need to, you need to have money to be able to support a house. So why buy a house with no appreciation where we are on the market? They're renting and that's what's happening in multifamily. That's why rents are going up. That's why valuations are going to continue to rise. So your first deal uh, with Jake, how many units was that? It was 25 units. It was a mixed, mixed use property. They had some cottages on there, a sixplex, uh, six unit, um, like a little motel kind of thing, efficiency, duplexes. It's not something I would buy today, but you know what? It was an awesome first deal. Weekly renters, it had a lot of meat on the bone. Uh, it was a traditional mom and pop. They were burned out. We still own that property. We refinanced it out. We, um, we got 10% owner financing on that deal, our very first deal. It was awesome. Uh, 18 months after we bought it, we had purchased it for $600,000. It appraised for over 850. We refied out 160 grand. So we only had 81,000 into it um, and off to the races. But it was a traditional, what kind of property you can fix? Where's the value in this property? The value was weekly renters were not stable. The expenses were crazy. And it just was one of those properties that was overlooked. It wasn't rocket science, but it was a lot of hard work, like we say. You need to go in there. You need to clean all the units out. You need to get the undesirable tenants out. You need to reposition the property and the tenant base at the same time. So, you know, it was a learning process. It was our, it was our first property. But coincidentally, after you get your first deal, things start happening. You're a closer. And our second deal came up three months after our first deal. So it was exciting. And then what kind of what kind of things are you doing to increase the rents or increase the NOI and decrease the expenses before the refi? Sure. On this property, um, well, what I tell all newbie investors to do is when they first get into a market, you really need to know what the expenses of a property are because all brokers are going to send over these pro formas with these expenses that are just low. Don't use the rule of thumb 50% rule. You need to know exactly what expenses are in a market. And in our market of Knoxville, there are about $4,000 per unit for operating expenses. That includes garbage, that includes contract services, landscaping, repairs and maintenance, supplies, marketing, advertising, legal, management, insurance. All those, all of those operating expenses come out to about $4,000 per unit. Now in our first deal, we saw that they were paying for the cable, we saw they were paying for all the utilities. We saw that their garbage bill was crazy. We saw that their landscaping was crazy. So there was, an, there was a, an expense play there. So, you know, for every dollar of expenses that you save, it's a dollar that goes into your pocket. I mean, it was, it was just awesome. Conversely, when you're saving, a, putting a dollar of income on, you're not putting a dollar in your pocket because you have additional expenses that go on. But still, it's still awesome to be able to raise the income coming in at 13000 per month, raising it to seventeen or $18,000 per month on this property. Um, we had really cut down the tenant turnover because weekly renters are in and out, in, in and out. And the problem with multifamily, one of the biggest expenses is tenant turnover, not just the cost of it, but you have to think of multifamily almost like an airplane, you're selling time. And when that apartment is empty, you will never get that money back. So if you're constantly turning 10 apartments over, not only is it gonna cost you five or $600 to turn that apartment, whether it's a little paint job or cleaning the carpets, but you're losing two to three to four weeks of your revenue. So we had cut that down dramatically also. So those are two of the ways we did that. I mean, their cable bill is $6,000 a year that we knocked off right away. They thought that to keep the tenants, you need to pay cable for the weekly renters. We got rid of that right away. So, and their garbage bill is in five or six thousand dollars a year also we knocked that down to like 1500 bucks a year so there was a lot of things that we did on this first property awesome yeah that's cool so what kind of uh now that you've kind of perfected it after 1100 units 
what is your what's your deal criteria? What are you guys looking for now? And and what sets any other deal apart from a great deal in your eyes? You know, Joseph, that's the beauty of life. There's no such thing as being an expert. You're constantly changing your criteria. Would I buy that first deal that I bought today? Probably not. Um, I mean, if it had 200 units, maybe. I, I think what we're trying to do is you start scaling up and you usually start getting bigger. The criteria really is three steps where we teach. We teach the buy right, the manage right, and the finance right. And if you can nail those three steps on any deal, then it makes sense. As, as far as us, we're looking for a little bit of scale. If we're going to a new market, we want at least 100 units plus so we can hire a full-time manager, a whole full-time maintenance guy. If you're in the market and I have a properties there and there's a 25 or 30 unit deal down the street, let's say I'll buy that because I can put it into my management structure that I have right now. Um, what you're looking for in a, in a typical market right now, I mean, let's say in the Knoxville market, it's trading between a six and a seven cap. Um, that's what you're looking for actuals. You're looking for what we call it in, in the business value add. You're either looking to raise rents, you're looking to stabilize the property, you're looking to add value so you can increase that cap rate, you're looking to increase cash flows on the property. Um, we're traditionally in the B and C space, so we like to look for affordable workforce housing. We don't like to play in the A space. A little less recession, recession proof because when the, when the economy dozens because there's so much inventory coming on and they're going to slide down to the B's. So we still like to look at those older properties. I'm trying to think of any other metrics that we look at. We like the Southeast. We like to you know invest within a three hour radius of our Knoxville market because we're, we're a vertically integrated company. We do everything. We manage our own properties. We raise our capital. We syndicate our deals. So within three hours, and it's great. We've bought in Louisville. We're looking in Chattanooga. We're looking in parts of North Carolina and you know parts of Tennessee. That's cool. Yeah. And the other thing, uh, a lot of people, we always, we always notice this. And so our portfolio, we have the 70 properties here and they're all single family. Mm -hmm. um, well, some, you know, duplexes, triplexes, but it's a single family portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, and we always find it interesting because like my mentor coming up in Philadelphia, he had over 5,000 units of single family homes. And like, he swears by that wow. to this day that, you know, that's the only way to go. And it, so it's always interesting to hear, um, you know, people's different, different opinion. A lot of times I know for single family, multifamily, it comes down to, you can run them at a, at an easier cost, let easier management, you know, easier to manage. What's your opinion on, you know, single family versus multifamily versus commercial and kind of why did you choose multifamily? Well, if you're in the business and what your, your mentor might've done is you might've done something called multifaceted. I call, we, we say, we call multifaceted multifamily because there's multiple streams of revenue. So if you're a single family home portfolio and you have a real estate license, you can make money doing real estate. You can make money flipping those homes. You can make money getting a title company, creating a title company for this property. So there's multiple streams of revenue. He running it as a business, which most single family home people don't do. Multifamily to me, lends more to creating a business because I'd rather do a 50 unit deal than buy 50 single family homes. I mean, that just makes total sense. I'd rather have 50 units under two roofs, have one boiler, have two driveways and have 50 single family homes. It's much easier to manage because you go into it, all the hot water heaters in the same place. Everything is located in the same place. It's easier to collect rent, especially when you're starting out. I started in multifamily because it was just much easier. I didn't want to have this, I didn't want to have another job. I already had a full-time job. So for me to manage 50 single family homes spread out, it would have been very difficult for me. But on our first two deals, we had a 25 unit and a 36 unit. It was really easy for Jake to collect the rents. I mean, that you go to two different properties, you're right there. You know, so I think from a, from a business, 
this perspective, it's a lot easier to wrap your mind around and you can start scaling up a lot easier. Um, and just transactions, the volume of transactions to get down in the 5,000 single family homes, it's a lot of work. So, I mean, th there's no right or wrong answer. It's where you feel comfortable. Um, but I just think if you're looking at it with no, with no skin in the game and you're just looking at one business model as opposed to the next, I think multifamily would win hands down any day of the week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, yeah, we would agree with you there. The only thing we found from single family to be just a little bit better than multifamily is that some of our tenants, they have a pride in ownership of the house. And I mean, we had a lady put a $20,000 kitchen in just because she wanted to, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, they, they kind of take uh, pride in, in renting a home that's theirs and, you know, they're there for the long term. And that's a good point. And like I said, there's no, there's no right or wrong answer. I think that's one you, you may have, but it, it depends where your homes are located because in a lot of the areas, where you do have single family homes to make the numbers work, you're in a C, C minus area. If you were investing back in 2011, 2012, where you can make those numbers work, you might've been in, in a better neighborhood, quote unquote, to, 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 to make that work. And it's interesting that people do that. They'll spend 20 grand in a kitchen. Why wouldn't you spend 20 grand to put a down payment on a home? I'm just saying yeah. it makes absolutely no financial sense to me whatsoever. But um, I, I just, you know, it's what you get comfortable with. That's what ends up happening. And I think single family home to the average person is like, well, this is comfortable. I've done this before. I bought a house before and let me invest in single family homes. I can't get commercial financing. I've never done that syndication. How do I, you know, put a deal together without any of my money? I've never done that before. So I think a lot of people get scared off before they even try it and before they even consider it. And if you don't think you can do something, guys, you're not going to be able to do it if you don't think you can do it. Right. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. And we also got lucky with this portfolio where, you know, we needed our first deal and our first deal, we happened to have uh, a group of four different sellers say yes to hundred percent seller financing. And we ended up getting one deal with 70 properties with 6,000 out of pocket. So that's it was also awesome. our first deal. And now we're looking at, you know, uh, you brought it up. Invitation, so it's a perfect segue. Now we are, putting together, we, we've got people who want to syndicate with us. They want to give us money. They want to invest in multifamily because, you know, they think we're crazy for even being able to get 70 properties with no money. So they're like, imagine what they could do with some money. So um, what is your, you know, how are you structuring your syndication? I know you, you did your first one for the 132 units, but how did you guys structure that and how'd you go about raising the money? So let's rewind two steps. Uh, I didn't syndicate for the first thousand units because I didn't feel comfortable taking money from investors. And I was ignorant about that. I didn't know about it. And maybe I should have done it sooner. That's one of my regret regrets. We had done a 281 unit deal, Jake and I, in about three and a half years ago with no money down, $11 million deal with zero money down. Uh, all owner finance, we got about $150,000 at closing. So it's amazing what you can do with scale. It's not one of those deals you get every day of the week. It's, it's, a, it, it, it's a recourse loan, right? So uh, people will, oh, but you know what? It was an awesome deal. And that's what, what, what propelled us. And that's why we didn't go to syndication right away. Because we're like, dude, this guy's giving us the keys to the, uh, keys to the, to the, to the farm over here. We refied that deal out twice. We went from community financing. We brought it to agency. We paid the note off. We put some money in our pocket. So that deal is probably worth 17 or 18 million dollars. Now we had closed it on. We had closed it for 11 million. And it's one of those value adds where it wasn't a heavy value add. It was just basically interior. It was a family-run business. They were doing 140,000 a month in revenue. Month one, we took over. We ended up doing 170 grand the first month we took over. So 
a lot of leakage there, a lot of aunts and uncles living in France units for free. So it's, it's one of those value ads where you can read a balance sheet and an income statement. You're saying, well, they're not doing something, they're doing something wrong here. But to get into syndication, on our first one, we basically did a 70-30 split, 70% to the limited partners, 30% to the general partners. We had uh, an 8% preferred rate of return. We wanted the investors to get the first 8% of all cash flows. Uh, we had a 3% acquisition fee, which is a little high, but you know what? We're getting paid for this and we're putting a lot of work into it. It's basically, you're a limited partner, you're not doing any work. We're signing the debt. So that's the other thing that the, we're not putting any money in the deal, but we're responsible for the debt. If, you know, Joe, you give me $100,000 of your money and this deal goes south, all you're losing is 100,000. I'm losing my business basically, because unless I get back with Fannie and I make this loan right, so I'm taking a lot of risk on that aspect of it. Um, other other aspects of it, it was a six million dollar deal. It was it was we could have done it ourselves internally, but it's like time to rip off the bandaid and try this, try to proof of concept. So we needed to raise two point six million dollars on this first deal, and we did it because we had the Jake and Gino community. We did it in two days. We raised all that money. It was a lot of work, you know. So for the last couple of years, we've been building the portfolio. We've been we've been building the platform. We've had a couple of live events. We've had a lot of investor opt-ins. So we had about. 400 people in our database at the time when we did the deal. I think we've got over 900 now. It's just working with investors, calling them up. So that we were talking about the multifaceted. I created, we created a, um, a company to actually go and start syndicating deals because syndication is another business. You need to talk to investors. You need to create substantive relationships. You need to tell them what's going on. You need to host webinars. You need to start raising money. You need to get your CRM in place. There's a lot of steps that you need to do. And Jake and I, we could not do that. I was doing education full-time and Jake was running property management full-time. So we were able to actually bring somebody on and help us out with that. And um, leading up to it, the deal made sense. We found it in Louisville. Big value add. We had to put 70% uh, LTV because the numbers didn't work in the beginning because the rent for only 525 rents are at 700 right now and they're going up and very light add-ons on to the property so uh we ended up closing in november love the deal uh and we're just going to continue to continue to work on it big mistakes there weren't any really big mistakes i think the only thing that was really different with syndication is things move real quick you need to get in touch with the syndication attorney right away, get your documents lined up, your private placement memorandums. You need to have substantive relationships with investors before you present to them. So we did a 506B. So we had sophisticated and accredited investors in this deal. So we just couldn't blast it out. We couldn't say, hey, everybody, I've got a deal here. You need to know the person. If you find the deal and then you find the investor, not qualified, you need to have the investor and know him substantively before you offer him the opportunity in a 506B. So we needed to, we, we did that, but it, worked, it, it was a quick process because you cannot take funds from an investor until you have all the documents signed and all the documents out there. So you can get a quote unquote soft commitment. You can say, hey, you know, Carl, you want to invest in a deal? Carl will say, yeah, I've got $100,000 I'm going to invest. That, that's a soft commitment. But when you know the rubber hits the road and it's time to put the money in this call, going to send it, you know, you can have a soft commitment of a million dollars, expect 50 to 60% of that not to show up when it's time to put the money down. So that was important. And just the process of it moving really quickly uh, with syndication was a little different than um, regular than a regular deal. Like a, a reg day offering or how, how's your attorney doing that? Mm -hmm. five, it was a five one of those things where you just have to get it out there. You have to talk to syndication attorney. And if for me, that was the most daunting thing. Like you've got to get these documents. So it's basically you have a private place memorandum, you have a subscription subscription agreement and then the operating agreement. All three of those documents need to be done by the attorney. And then you cannot start taking funds until all those documents are prepared and your investors can take a look at it.
actually. Yeah, so that's what uh, we're kind of in the, in the works of doing right now, um, setting that kind of fund up so that uh, we can, because we have people that are, hey, you know, I want to invest with you guys. Let's find something. And we, we've got some potential deals, but we haven't set the, the groundwork up yet. But what you need to do is that we have an attorney. I mean, I'll tell her on the show. Her name is Kim Taylor. She's an awesome syndication attorney. Reach out to her. Start talking to her right now before you put anything into place. She'll help you with structure. She'll help you with setting up an operating agreement. She'll help you with the whole inner workings of it because it's important you need to do that. That is one team member that you're going to need to use and get it, get out in front right now before you start taking money or talking funds or making any mistakes. I would get real clear with her because it's important that you do that. So uh, one thing that, you know, Joe and I talk about a lot, and you kind of mentioned at the beginning how your, your father has six kids and stuff. So I'm assuming that's part of, of your why, on why you're in real estate, on why. Can you expand on on what your why is and how important it is to have a why? Do you understand? Well, yeah. I mean, I, you know, the funny thing is when you're younger in life, you're not really thinking about legacy. You're not thinking about maybe building a family. You're just thinking about a job. You're just thinking about making money. And as you get older, you see that time becomes a little bit more precious and it always is, but you're younger, you have more of it. And as you get older, I think you just want to find your sole purpose. And we're all here for a reason, right? We're not here to pay the bills. And that's what we're, that's what we're conned into. We're conned into, we need to buy more stuff and we need to pay bills. And that's not what we're here for. Um, and for me, it was fortunate. I, like I said, I went to life coaching school. I became really clear on what my why was. My why was my family, spending more time with them, being a good role model to them, being a good steward and showing people that, Family life is awesome. And you know what? It's hard, just like anything else in life, but it's really rewarding. And multifamily allowed me to actually work on the gifts and the Jake and Gino education platform, helping other students take deals down. That was what my why has turned into. So um, a multifamily has allowed me to do that. We're running the deals day to day, and we're actually helping uh, other students take these deals down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. I pretty much have the same uh, you know, desires and, and stuff, same goals. Yeah, the uh, so we're doing um, you did. Hold on one second, I got a little sidetracked. Oh, so Kim Taylor, Kim Taylor's your attorney. Is she local out there, or she's licensed all over? <clears throat> when you work with a syndication attorney, it's federal, so you can get it. It's all fifty. They can do work in all fifty states. So okay. Oh, okay. I didn't even know that was a thing. Syndication attorney. So that's cool. Well, yeah. Um, no, yeah. she's awesome. And so what are your, uh, what are your real estate goals? How big are you guys trying to get? Um, I have no more goals anymore. I'm working on, uh, I, I, I don't know. I just, you know, everyone asked me that and I used to have goals of passive income numbers. My goal right now as you know, I read the book James by James clear atomic habits. And my goal is to fall in love with the process or the system. The outcome is not really my, my deal anymore. Jake wants to get to a billion, a billion dollars in assets on the management. That's, that works for me. I mean, we're at a hundred million. I don't really care about that because you know, you just keep stacking. I, I just want to continue to, to grow out the different businesses that we have, try to become as efficient as possible and just enjoy what we're doing and try to help people out. That, that's what my ultimate goal is. The more students that can sign up, the more money we make, the, the bigger we can get. That's, that's what my focus is. Uh, a billion dollars is a big number, but you know what? With syndication, we can get there. Right, right. All right, so we delivered a lot of value uh, to people today. I think people are going to love this. Obviously, Carl and I uh, need to hear a lot of that syndication stuff. Um, so for people who are just starting out in the process, 
you know, a lot of people just get analysis paralysis. I love when, you know, they'll, they'll spreadsheet everything. Carl likes to do spreadsheets, but people spreadsheet everything and they waste a whole lot of time um, instead of just going out and, and getting a real estate deal like you did, like we did, you know, how can your mentorship programs help them? How can your content help them? And then where can they find you? I mean, you can find us at jakeandgener.com. Uh, our website's got a lot of stuff. We actually have three podcasts going on right now that we've created. We've created a Movers and Shakers podcast with our students that are closing deals, showing them how they've done it. We've got a syndication podcast, and we've got our Wheel of Our Profits podcast, which is the number one multifamily podcast on iTunes. I think what people um, don't understand in real estate is it's all about networking and it's all about relationships. And that's the reason why I created the Jake and Gino community. It's because you want to be in an environment. You want to be around other people who are doing it. You want to be able to ask other people questions. That's really important. And I think with mentorship, you nearly need to find somebody who's doing what you're doing. And what's important with us, I think that separates us from a lot of other investors is that we're doing, we're actually managing these properties, we're buying these properties and we're learning every day and we're continuing to learn and we're sharing that with our students. That's important. And I think for you to become successful in this long term, you're gonna have to find some kind of education. I think everyone needs some kind of education out there. And the other thing is they need to go out and they need to go out to other live events. They need to go meet other investors who are doing it. They need to network. So that's the other, I guess, important tip that I would give to people. Just constantly learn because the market's always changing. Basic fundamentals, cap rates, cash on cash, that's not changing. But all the other fundamentals, it's market's always changing. Where what, what cycle you're in, what's hot, where rent's going, where's population going, all that stuff is constantly changing. Yeah, Joe and I, we were just down in uh, Miami for the Grant Cardone's 10X one. In, uh, oh, how was that? That was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. We, we met a lot of good people down there. We actually, Joe's right now, he's doing a joint venture with somebody that we met down there on uh, on a, adding a credit um, repair company to the mortgage company. So, uh, That's awesome. It's all about yeah. networking, yeah. There's, a, there's yep. an event here in Philly in what, October? We got tickets? Yeah. It's called the uh, 2019 Mid-Atlantic Summit. Um, mm -hmm. so That's in Philly. I don't know if you're gonna go or not, but that's really a good one too. That's awesome. Yeah, we're always we're always going to networks in Philadelphia. You know, there's a ton of meetups here for anybody who doesn't know. You know, meetup.com. Every single week, there's what three, four, five yeah, of them. Four, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's a really good uh, market to network with other investors. That's great. Great. Well, thanks for your time, uh, yeah, Gino. I really it. appreciate it, especially on such notice. Anytime. I've had a great time with you guys. And like I said, Jake and Gina.com. Let's make it happen. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, Gina. Take care, guys. Thank you for joining us with another episode at Surefire Way to Wealth. Don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, invest. Invest. Till next time, this is the Surefire Way to Wealth podcast. Signing off.